Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. And good evening, everybody. It is Friday, June 17, 2022. It's the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast, presented by Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And tonight, we've got a lot of sports news to get to uh, following the NBA Finals, which concluded last evening. Game one of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals uh, was Wednesday night. We've got a lot of MLB uh, news to get to, golf, boxing, and more. And, of course, uh, we don't have the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast without both of us here. So, without further ado, our good buddy Allen is here with us tonight. Yeah, Allen, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Good evening to you, too. Really glad to be here on a Friday night. And you're right. It's a real blessing to, to be on this show and be co-hosting it with you, Aaron. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've completed our team here tonight. So <laughs> um, a lot to get to, as I mentioned before. Uh, this is uh, one of the busiest times of the year for uh, for sports. Uh, of course, uh, Major League Baseball is in full swing, as we've talked about over the last several weeks. Um, NBA Finals concluded last night. We're going to discuss that here in a few moments. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Game 1 of the NHL, uh, Stanley Cup Finals. That was Wednesday night. Um, very interesting game, uh, back-and-forth battle. Um, and then, of course, uh, some golf news to get to. Of course, you're the, the boxing expert on this program, so we'll de- definitely uh, be talking about that as well. And, again, I want to also uh, – I mentioned it here just a second ago. Uh, I want to thank our excellent sponsor, Chef G, and uh, what he has uh, brought to the, the table here, literally, with our excellent barbecue sauces. Um, we had a great chance to use them a lot here uh, in the last uh, month, month and a half or so. Um, Alan, I got to ask you this: uh, What's your favorite of the the four sauces that he has? I I like the classic. You know, I like the classic and the fusion. Those two are kind of a toss up. They they're great. I can tell you, my daughter for sure, she loves the honey mustard. And I need to talk to Chef G because I'm out of the honey mustard, and the heat wave is <laughs> almost gone too. Yeah, so. <laughs> I like all yeah. four of them, to be honest with you. I think it just depends on what you're eating uh, eating for your meal uh, to go along with. But uh, you really can't go wrong with any of the picks there. Um, Fusion actually was the one that surprised me the most out of the four. I didn't think that I'd like them all together. And actually, it might be my favorite of the four. So, <laughs> um, But uh, definitely some good stuff. Check out uh, Chef G. I know we have some links to his page on our uh, Facebook, and I believe also on our Instagram account as well check it out uh i believe you save a little bit of money if you buy all four together uh save a couple dollars there it's great stuff it's a great gift too as we're uh, closing in on the fourth of july and a lot of people like to barbecue grill out and it's a nice thing to add to the collection there and when you run out you can order again you know he's got stuff uh, for you there all the time so um looks like we've got uh, our good buddy lou uh hanging in the Hanging in there here for us tonight. We're going to go ahead and bring him on and uh, get his uh, take as well on some of the news uh, in the world of sports here going on tonight. Lou, good uh, hey, evening. How are you? How are you? All right. <laughs> yeah, well, as championship must continues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, once you know, once I thought that you know, with Curry and 
and all the rest we're we're back in we're back in what you know i I think the warriors have a pretty good shot to to win it all I mean you know and Thompson of course you know wasn't even sure if he was going to play again after the devastating injury in 2019, but but he came back strong and you know that's good. And Wiggins too, who stepped up to the plate, you know, for his uh, performance in Game Five. And with another performance like that, that was assured that it was going to happen. So you had yeah. a threat. No, you got a great point there. You know, the Warriors were. I just thought the, the team of destiny this year to get it. I thought the Celtics on paper were probably statistically the better team and they were definitely the taller Mm -hmm. team. But I did, you know, as you know, just like we talked about a couple of weeks back, we felt the playoffs experience was going to be a big difference, a big factor. And it definitely was. Yes. yes. That's that's not for nothing, but you're not going to a game where turn the ball for 22 times in the same game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really thought that to be honest with you, and be real with you, I really thought the Celtics kind of gave them game six. I really did. I think that they things didn't start off well for them, and they compounded it by just saying, you know, we're going to lose the series. You could just tell in their body language, their poor play, their shooting. It was it was atrocious well, effort. Well, not for nothing, but in the first few minutes of the game, you know, I mean, the Celtics came out of fire, you know, 14 to 2. You thought, okay, maybe there's something going on right here. I mean, a good start like that, I think, could uh, mean something. But right after that, they just fell off, you know, off the deep end here. So, and they, and they never got back. Yeah, and, and, and that's where playoff experience matters, where you, you're exactly right. They started yeah. off really hot. And then when they started, I think what they had a plan was like, all right, we're going to start real hot. We're going to try to blow them out this game and then bring it back to game seven, which is a good philosophy. But you had to figure the Warriors were going to come back at some point. And when the Warriors came back and they cut that lead down, I think emotionally the Celtics couldn't handle it, and they let it show in their play. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'll, um, go back to game, I'll go back to game one of that series uh, where late in the game it looked like, you know, going into the fourth quarter it, it, at least, it looked like uh, Golden State was going to basically just run this whole series from the very get-go. And Boston, it was almost like a, a boxing match in a sense. Boston kind of punched him in the mouth, and I think yeah. Golden State was kind of – kind of stunned, but here, here's the big difference. That experience, and this, this is kind of to, to Alan's uh, expertise, you know, an experienced boxer gets punched in the mouth early on, gets a little bit stunned. Wham. The experienced boxers that are smart are going to be able to get back up and get back, and that, that's really what Golden State was able to do. If they had been a less experienced team, probably a different outcome, and we might even be looking at game seven of, of, uh, of the series, but um, congratulations uh, to Golden State. I know they've been there uh, a bunch of times over the last uh, seven, eight years, but congratulations to them. They they played a great series, and they certainly deserve uh, to to be the champions. So, yeah, and 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 congratulations to the Warriors as well as congratulations to Steph yeah. Curry. I'm very happy for Steph that he got a championship. But it, you know, another thing that I'm ha- very happy for him was that one one knock that people said about him for a while now is that he never got the finals MVP, even though he got robbed on one of them where he should have gotten yes. it, but they gave it to someone else. That kind of lingered on the on his back. He's the first ever unanimous MVP for the finals. Deservedly so. That's crazy to think about all those, uh, all those, you know, nineties bulls teams with Jordan and, 
just the great run that they had from 91 to 98. Um, and even some of the teams in between there, you know, you look at, uh, you know, how great Houston was the two years that Jordan was out of the league. Um, and there was never a unanimous MVP. That's, that's really crazy to think about. No fake retirement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a, yeah, a remarkable. So what? So he had to have that on his back for a while. And I'm glad that he kind of rode the wave and he got his chance to get his redemption. And now he, they're talking about him being on one of the Mount Rushmore's. What are your thoughts, Lou, on, on him now moving up so much on that list of, of Mount Rushmore? Well, that's a, that's a matter of opinion, really. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, you know, people have different opinions on who should be on the Mount Rushmore. Now, we just talking all sports or just the NBA? Just, just the NBA. Just the NBA. I mean, well, I mean, if it was up to me, yeah, Jordan, of course, would be up there. Uh, of, of course. Um, I think he got playing Kareem, you know, all the, all the points he scored through his longevity career. Um, Are we talking about eras here, or the entire NBA history? I mean, that, well, me, it'd be, we should talk. We should talk about maybe the. We should talk about yeah. the uh, eras. I, I believe, yeah. Uh, well, Will Chamberlain, he's got to be. He's got to be yeah, up there. He's got to be on there high, pretty, too, pretty high on there too. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody says Barkley, I'm hanging up right now. So <laughs> forget it. <laughs> He can be the tour guide, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, he's a, he's a fun guy. Lovely, I'm leaving. Yeah, Charles Barkley seems like, I, you know, I, I personally didn't care for him I earlier like on in his career. Uh, you know, the whole, he had the incident where he threw somebody through a glass, plate glass window. Uh, he just was kind of yeah. a kind of a jerk off the court, but he's, he's matured as he's gotten older, and I actually really like the guy. I think he'd be a cool guy to hang out with, so. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, maybe with maybe with Sam Jackson, but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I he, told you it, it was like magic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I so would have got three so far. The greatest shooter of all time. I would have to say he's definitely the greatest shooter I've ever seen. I think if you're putting together a Mount Rushmore of NBA players. You know, you could look at it a couple of different ways. You could go by you know, era by era. So, you know, the 80s until now, you know, 1979, yeah. all the way back to, you know, the 60s, uh, maybe even the 50s if you wanted to. But, you know, you mentioned uh, greatest shooters. You know, you think about um, you know, great three-point shooters. I think you could probably do it where you're, you're looking at guys who are power forwards, have a Mount Rushmore of yeah. that category, uh, of guys that were great dunkers, um, and then, you know, great three-point shooters. And I think that might be the more fair way to look at it because the one thing about the NBA that's so unique is some guys are stars and they don't necessarily score a lot of points. You know, they rebound a lot. They yeah. um, they play really good defense um, versus scoring a lot of points. And there's a value in that because obviously rebounding, taking the ball away from the, the offense – or depending on what well, court you're on. Well, if you want to rebounding, I think you might yeah. have to go with Rodman, even though I don't like him. Yeah, Dennis Rodman is definitely one of the top uh, of all time. There's no question about that. Um, but I think yeah. that when people who are born on the planet of Earth, they don't want a different species, so I may have been disqualified for that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't he was think, definitely I don't unique. Being, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think being born from Venus will qualify, so I think we have to let that out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we only, take, we only take human species here. <laughs> 
Hey, Lou, did you did you end up seeing the uh, fake Clay Thompson? Did you see him? Which fake one was that? The, the fake Clay Thompson, who basically, right before Game Six, was it Game? No, right before Game Five, I believe. He was oh, able yeah, to. Oh yeah, the impersonator. The impersonator. He was. He walked through security. Let the guy alone. What did he do wrong? Nothing. I mean, I was just. You know, in the way, it's like just paying homage to the guy. What are you doing? What are you doing to him? Nothing. He didn't even come near him. You got you guys. You got a ban for life. Come on. You can do. A, you can do a lot more. You can make it a lot worse. Kids. You know. I mean, take the Rangers. Take the Rangers so-called fan who attacked the Bay band. Now that's the people that should be banned. But this is a purely. This is you know just a purely like a like a tribute to the guy. I mean, you know, you got ban for life for that. Come on. I, you know what? I saw the video. I got to give him credit. You know, one thing, I got to give him credit. I, I saw the post on social media. I saw it a few times, actually. But then and then yeah. he released a video where he actually documented and showed him walking through security, him getting on the court and taking shots. You know what? I agree with you. He he was harmless. He wasn't looking to cause any problems. No. But, but he did break the rules. Like, you did... No one. He is absolutely right. There was at least eight or nine, maybe even ten security that did not say two words to him because he walked in with his his guy who's doing the video. So he did look important. He had a hoodie on. And you know what? He played the part and he does look like Clay. The only thing I would say is a little different. He's, he is in his face. His face is a little bit fatter mm-hmm. than Clay's. You know what? I know why they banned him for life. It wasn't really what he did. I think they really banned him to make an example that nobody else would try that again. Somebody else yeah. would try oh, come it. On. It's been totally I, ridiculous. Because because he he did a great job documented everything. The the uh, yeah, you could see what happened. The security they were like, okay, you know, once they found out and, and his rap got broken, they were like. They, they, you know, he could, you could see that corporate America was getting to them. Was like, all right, yeah, you know, no big deal. You know, just don't try that again. It went from conversation like that from a couple that's low end security. Then when the boss spoke to him, he handed him the letter, and his, the boss did not want to be on camera. He told him, "Don't film me," but you could hear what he was saying, and he basically said, "You know what? You're banned for life. You impersonated." An NBA employee. So what? <laughs> I, I think I think Where's there in the rule book you can't impersonate a player? Where's there in the rule book? I agree with you, but oh, I think I get they banned, unwritten rules. I, I think they banned him to, to eliminate somebody else from copying. Because yes, he was harmless, but somebody else could do the same thing and not be harmless. You you see what I'm saying? Better yeah, that, that guy. that's a point. That's a good point there for sure. I I, I agree. And there's a lot of copycats the out there. That's all. Yeah. Uh, and that's the unfortunate thing is there are a lot of copycats because look, the guy you you we had, we had somebody on our show that had sixty eight thousand viewers on YouTube. Okay. This guy has over eight point two million. Viewers on YouTube and counting. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But the reason why I bring that up is because somebody else could could see that and say, you know what? 
let's try it at another stadium and let's try to do this. You get a lot of copycats. Remember I was talking about the Will Smith thing? Somebody was going to copy it? Not even two weeks later, somebody copied it. So I think he got banned to, to eliminate somebody else from copying it. Yeah. But what do you think? If he did any harm, if he did any harm, I don't see why you should, you know, ban this guy for life. So what do you think should have been the penalty? Maybe like, you know, like uh, just a slap on the wrist or maybe like a, just like a month away or something like that. But for life over something as harmless as that, no. I mean, the, the only bummer, crime here. the bummer of the thing was, is that he did this before the game. He had actual tickets for the game. The guy is actually thirty well, year old guy. The game was in progress. I mean, he didn't you no. Know, but the thing is, he had he had ten thousand dollars seats for later in the day, and a couple of the security guards, security who once they find out he wasn't him, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes later, they said to them, "Yeah, if you got a ticket, sure you could come in." But then, as time went on, and the word started getting to the higher ups at the stadium. That's when corporate America basically like, no, we're gonna refund you your money, and you cannot go to the, you cannot go to the game. So basically, he was out ten grand. And when the video ended, what, the guy that, that gave him the ban letter said he was gonna get a refund. Whether he actually got a refund, I don't know, but it, it you know he said he's out ten grand, and he didn't. He's like, I was a player for ten minutes, but I was out ten thousand dollars. It was worth it. If he gets his money back. I, I, you know, I, I think that I personally think the penalty suits the crime only because they wanted to make example and not have somebody else copy this. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree that that's that's the only reason I can see why they would have done this. Uh, other than you know, if they said it's a year ban or you know you can't come into this particular game, that would make sense too. But, but yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a safety reason. You know, they're trying to keep somebody else from doing this that might be someone who has intent to harm someone. So. Exactly. That's that's what it is. I think it was just a matter of, hey, let's 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 ban them, give a, a stiff penalty, and this way we don't have to worry about this repeating itself again. You know, because we had Chucky Wright on the show, as I mentioned, Chucky Wright had sixty-eight thousand viewers. I mean, Fake Clay got over eight million, so that's that's very impressive. Yeah, and and, and in Fake Clay's defense. I watched the video, about a 50-minute video. I kid you not, Lou. I kid you not, Aaron. At least 50 to 60 people fell for the fact of him being fake clay. They asked for an autograph. They asked for a picture. I kid you not. It was like somebody interviewed him thinking he was clay. And I'm like, listen, it ain't that easy to run into an NBA player on the street. It's not that easy now. (laughs) I said it can't happen. You could be lucky and you'd be in the right place at the right time. But, yeah, at least 50 to 60 people. I mean, at different times. Hey, Clay, man, you're doing great. Good luck. Can I get a picture with you? I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it, I don't think it was right. I, I, I kind of see both sides of the story. I don't think they banned him because he really did anything really that bad. Because when you really look at it, it's kind of funny. When I first saw it, I just yeah. thought it was funny. I just thought it was real funny. Like, his fake clay, he fooled the whole the whole security staff. And this is before I saw the video. 
and I just thought it was funny. I it was one of those things like kids don't try this at home, but this is there. This is this is funny, man. And then when I saw the video, I'm like, I can't I can't believe how bamboozled the security was. Eight, nine, ten people just let him walk through. He was taking shots on the court. If anything, he kind of got himself in trouble because I think he was having so much success that he kind of got like, wow, this is too easy. Yeah. He could have walked in the locker room. He could have walked in the locker room. And then he probably got busted at that point, but he didn't. I, I think I think they wanted to send a message, and I could see where they're coming from. I could see where he's coming from, too. Right. So Luke has no band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I still think I still think you know the punishment is for the crime here. Yeah. Now, moving mean, right along to uh, to more postseason. Obviously, game one of the Stanley Cup Finals was Wednesday night, and yeah. it was a real bust in the teeth for Tampa early on. They just didn't seem from from really the majority of the game, with the exception of maybe about a eight minute spot of uh, of play, or actually probably lesser time than that where they tied the game up, they just seemed like they were lost out there. They were playing very sloppy. Um, Colorado, and I've watched most of the playoffs, uh, at least for for Tampa anyways, Colorado is the fastest team that Tampa has gone up against in in this postseason. Um, And just Tampa didn't look like they were – they almost looked like they weren't even ready. Uh, Lou, I want to get your take on that, uh, having – assuming you watched. Yeah, I thought – look, I mean, yeah, Tampa made a good effort coming back. But, you know, a Colorado is just too strong and too fast. And, you know, I don't see how Tampa's going to me- measure up to it. You know, I, I, I think Tampa's in a lot of trouble. They're going up against a very dangerous team. You know, and, and they score average like five goals per game. How do you expect Tampa to compete with that? Wow. So uh, I think this is going to be a quick I think this be a quick exit for, for uh, Tampa. There's going to be no, three, no 3P three here. Wow. Man, Lou is taking, coming on a strong one, a strong take. I would say and this much. And so right for being my Rangers anyway. <laughs> so this is not an emotional response. You're thinking that they're going to clean sweep Tampa. Yes. Wow, this is the same person, everybody, who uh, maybe is just joining the program here tonight. It's the same guy who uh, told us that Toronto was going to stop Tampa. And then this past series, uh, the semifinals, that, uh, that New York was going to do it. New York almost did. They were up two games to none, and then they, they – dropped four in a row so um yeah i, I where i'll give tampa credit I, I really think there was really only about five minutes total in in game one where they were with the momentum on their side they just even in in the overtime period there it was almost like they went back to the start of the game and were playing exactly the same way bad passing uh not in the right position uh there's a lot of going off sides uh throughout the game they just played very sloppy, and I think, not to make excuses for Tampa, I think the advantage that Colorado has, there's a couple things. First of all, they're playing at home, so they've got the crowd on their side, but also they've had, I think, what, nine or ten days off between when their series ended and when this series began, eight. and you go back for eight, eight games, or eight days, rather. Uh, you look at uh, Tampa, you know, they won on, I believe it was Saturday, um, and then they start this thing right away, basically, so they only had a four-day uh, waiting period. Now, the nice thing about the finals is there's two off days between each game, which now both teams have played and both teams are probably somewhat equally 
um, you know, tired at this point or, you know, in that same uh, general regard. So I think Tampa has uh, Colorado right where they want them. They've been the comeback kids of this postseason. They've been down in pretty much every series. So I don't think it's over yet. Um, certainly game two is, I don't want to say it's a must win, but I think they've definitely got to play. They definitely got to play better because here's the thing. You've had some games this postseason where Tampa won and they probably shouldn't have, and they've been a few games that they played pretty good and they lost in. So you got to find some consistency somewhere in the middle there and be able to um, play at a better clip than they are. And I, I think Tampa wins game two, and I think this will be a really good series the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Aaron said. I don't think it's over by any stretch of imagination. I, I would say this much. I agree with Aaron and, and this part, too. Tampa Bay looked very sluggish in the first game. We're not talk, even talking about speed. Just when the puck was loose, you could almost tell by their body language, talking about Tampa, they weren't hustling to get that loose puck. It almost seemed like Colorado wanted it better. You could see clearly see it in that first game that the effort – in Tampa was very, very sluggish, very slow. And and then what ended up happening was Colorado was in Tampa's kitchen the whole game. Tampa was on the yeah. on the defensive end the whole game. And if you have a recipe of like that where you're you're on the back you're backpedaling on the defense all the time, it's it's gonna lead to a disaster. But to Tampa's credit, they did figure things out when they got went down three, one, it seemed like something clicked to them. Like, okay, they had a few minutes where they played really well and got two goals right away. Then they quieted the crowd. I thought Tampa was going to, that was a great opportunity for them yeah. to build off that and right. get more goals. I don't think the series is over yet. If Tampa wins the next game yeah. and they come back home, it changes the dynamic dramatically because you win a game there, you split, then you come back home to Tampa, I think you're sitting really pretty. So it's not over yet. Yeah. I think it's, biggest, gonna, uh, it's not over biggest, yet. Yeah, I was going to say the biggest, because I, I like to look at it from an analytical, uh, analytical perspective as well. I think the biggest thing that happened wrong for Tampa in this game, all that other stuff is definitely relevant, but the, the one thing that killed them was the five-on-three. And it's hard to – Hold off. I mean, they, they really probably could have given up two or three goals in that short period of time there, but they gave up the one. And had they not given up the one, had it, had it stayed a, a 5-4 Colorado advantage, um, it's possible that, you know, the Avalanche don't get that second goal and it ends up being a 3-2 yeah. Tampa win. Um, but that really that hurt them. And um, they also had the advantage uh, there right at the beginning of overtime with, uh, with the extra uh, – or with – you know, the one-man advantage there. So th- those things really hurt them. If you're going to point to one thing specifically yeah. that hurt Tampa in game one, it was um, losing on the power play. So Yeah. So it, it, the good thing is it seemed like they kind of stabilized things, figured out their speed a bit. They need to build off that. They need to have a bit more urgency, not being complacent. You want to get the Stanley Cup. You're going to have to earn this. It's not going to be given to you. And I felt like they played like it was, right. hey, we got this. It, no, you don't have anything. You you have to earn this. And Colorado's not going to give it to you. But I think if they win the next game, I, I like what, what they're going to be doing, coming back and playing at home. 
defending their home court because it's, it's tough to win in Tampa, you know, being yeah. if you, you, you're Colorado. So I think I don't think the series is over, and I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I still have Tampa Bay winning the series. Yeah. But they got to step it up. They got to step it up. The effort, effort makes a difference. Yes, it does. Yeah. You got to want it. You got to want it. But, yeah, so – yeah. What do you got in your show, Lou? Well, we're going to cover the uh, conclusion of the of the NBA Finals. The Stanley Cup Finals go on. Uh, College Baseball World Series is moving on. The, the uh, U.S. Open Championship uh, taking place. Final week of the USFL. Did I say that loud? Okay. Ooh, boy. Uh, uh, we'll also cover some WNBA news because a lot of as a lot has been happening. So we have a lot to cover, and it's our fifth annual Dad and Grad show. If you're a dad or a grad, you know exactly what I mean. So if you've got time tomorrow between 5 and 7 p.m. East Coast time, dial 512-543-4662. And a special meme is um, this year because my nephew graduates from high school tomorrow. All right. Very nice. Congratulations. That's but awesome. Well, time to do the show. Yes, uh, I, will be, I will be able to do the show because the graduation is in the morning and the shutdown until five o'clock. So I will be able to do the show this week. Thank God. <laughs> there you go. The graduation will happen and the show will happen too. So that's awesome. That's right. So too bad I can't do it during. Too bad uh, you know I can't. I don't really carry it around with me, so I have. To, but luckily, it's only a half mile from where you know from the house to the to the uh, high school, so it doesn't really matter. There you go. Something to be proud of. Graduation day. Yes. So 512-543-4662. Yes. 512-543-4662. 5 and 7 Eastern Standard Time Zone. The Enhanced Sports Show. Yes. Definitely support our great friend Lou. Thanks a lot, fellas. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank yes, sir. Lou, have a great night. Okay. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, enjoy, your, enjoy your graduation and okay. enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Anytime. All right. So our good buddy Lou there, uh, glad to have him on uh, here this evening. So um, obviously we've uh, covered there uh, the NBA Finals, uh, game one of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, moving right along here, um, Major League Baseball, I mean, we're a little over a third of the way through the through the uh, 2022 campaign, and it, it's really starting to heat up, uh, not just the weather, but obviously we're seeing uh, some really great things happening. Um, you and I are, are opposites in this regard. Uh, Yankees are playing really great right now. Atlanta's playing really great right now. There's a couple other teams that are playing really, really hot baseball. Um, this is a great time of year for that. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of where things are on the Major League Baseball side of uh, the perspective right now? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's it's great times to be a Yankee fan. It's great times to be a, a Braves fan. I mean, the Yankees are up 10 games with the Blue Jays and 12 and a half games up on the Rays. That's a remarkable start. You know, Aaron Judge is just hitting home runs like there's no tomorrow. He really wants that contract, and he's letting it show. You know, it's just it's just um they're just on fire. You know, you kind of hope that. They stay that way, and they could ride that into the playoffs. But, man, it is great times to be a Yankee fan. I mean, that's just unbelievable 
47 wins and 16 losses. Whew, that's impressive. And that's that's very, very impressive. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, great great start, certainly. you gotta you got to follow through with it the rest of the year, and I don't really see anything that stops them at this point from being able to continue that. Um, it'll all be for naught, though, if they don't win a World Series. That's going to be the big thing. Uh, they'll be best team a regular season of all time, and <laughs> if they fall – in the first round, yeah. you know, in the league championship series or the world series, that's the thing that everybody will remember them for. So, um, but definitely off to a great start. Their pitching has, uh, has done a terrific job. Um, they've been able to hit, uh, for the most part, everyone stayed healthy. That's been a big issue for them in the past is not staying healthy, which obviously, you know, if you're not out there playing, then you're not going to be able to contribute. And if you can't contribute, then you're probably going to lose some games that you probably could have won. So, you know, it's good for them to have everybody back. Uh, obviously, judges in a a walk year. Um, you know, turned down a pretty big contract offer from the Yankees uh, back, I believe, during spring training, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been before the lockout has started. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You're right. They're 10, 11 games up on Toronto right now. They're beating them pretty bad here tonight. I think it's 10 to 2 last time I looked. So uh, certainly um, – Big things happen in there for them. That's a good division. That's a really tough division. And head-to-head matchups, I've always said, are going to be the thing that determine things. So it's not over yet. They, they still have a lot of maneuvering they've got to do. But this is the Yankees, and they've got the payroll flexibility if they need to go out and add more pieces. As we get close to the end of July, they can go out and get what they need and put even more separation between themselves. And – in the division, they played really well. I mean, they played excellent, of course, against Tampa. Um, they played excellent against uh, Toronto. And as I said before, that's really the key is where you put separation between yourself and the other teams in your division is when you you know, beat up on your own uh, on your own division kind of thing. So on the other side um, finally ended today, but Atlanta had a 14-game win streak uh, until today, and they lost one to nothing to the Cubs. Uh, they've been able to make up some – really good ground. Uh, we were talking probably two, two and a half weeks ago. They were 10 and a half or 11 games behind the Mets. Mets are still playing really good ball. They're up, uh, I believe, 10 to one on Miami here tonight. Um, so they've put, uh, they basically have a five game lead right now in the, um, in the national league East. It's going to be a good division, uh, a divisional race. Uh, there's a lot of games down the stretch that are going to determine who wins, uh, that particular division. And I, kind of expect that in the other divisions around baseball as well um and now we're getting really close here's the big thing too we're we're only about three three and a half weeks away from the all-star break um which also coincides with the draft and and you know the midsummer classic which is always a spectacular thing you get the home run derby you get the draft that now takes place during uh all-star weekend you've got uh the futures game right now um i think it's in san diego you have a newer event that has started to take place in the last two or three years. And that's the, um, the draft combine similar to what they do in the NFL. You've got these players who are on display showing off their skills for scouts and teams to look at. So it's a really neat thing. It's kind of revolutionized the way that the fans get to see the stars of tomorrow. And unfortunately I'm going to be uh, out of town during the draft but we will definitely preview um, some of the big names that will be in the Major League Baseball draft uh, coming up here. It's three or four weeks out. I think it's on the 
16th of July. So we're right about a month away from it. And we'll definitely get a list up uh, on our Facebook page and you and I, and maybe we'll have uh, a special guest on that will discuss uh, those big names that are going to be big names rather in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, definitely it's nice that you have the draft coming up, you have the all-star break coming up soon and, and teams need to kind of make a push before the break because that's the time you want to make some moves. Then definitely after the break, you want to get up to a great start. I kind of like Aaron Judge's decision not to play in the home run derby, and he's gonna he's gonna you know sit it out and not play. Sometimes the home run derby is a nice thing; it's fun, but sometimes it it can mess up your swing. What are your thoughts on Aaron Judge deciding to pass on the home run derby? Well, it's not the first uh, player that's done this. You know, you go back. Um... It's not that necessarily every player who's in it has issues later on, but it's usually the guys who are in that final or in that last uh, three or four finalists in the home run derby that sometimes, whether they overexert themselves or they, you know, they change their swing because most guys don't go to the plate always with a home run on their mind. I probably am wrong on that, but you take batting practice, you're just trying to make contact. You're in the home run derby. That's the whole point is to, not just make contact, but, you know, put the ball not even over the fence. You're trying to, you know, hit the ball 500 feet every time you're up there. So you have to, you know, quite a bit when you get back to the regular games. And the pitchers, they're not throwing you a a friendly right down the middle 80-mile-an-hour pitch Um, when you get back to regular games. They're going to throw you, you know, change-ups and sliders and curveballs and stuff in the dirt. They're going to come inside to knock you off the plate. They're going to throw you something away to get you to chase. They're going to throw sinkers to try to get you to, you know, ground the ball to the shortstop or the second baseman. Um, so you're not going to get those friendly pitches as well. And I think it's a mental, a mental block or a mental thing at that point where, you know, hitters have to really go back to it before. And we, we saw this uh, several years ago. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might've been Bryce Harper after he, um, played in one I think it was when he was still at the Nationals in 2018 and I believe he had some issues after the derby was over if I remember correctly I may be thinking of somebody else but um, it has happened before where a player you know kind of has some some swing issues and they go for you know a whole 15-20 games without hitting a home run and they, they their average dips and you know that kind of thing so it'll be interesting to see I think it's probably the right decision uh, for him um, keep in mind the all-star weekend even though for a while it had some meaning to it as far as, you know, the winning league got home field advantage, they rightfully so did away with that here a couple of years ago. So it's a exhibition. It's a all the stars are out, and this year it's in L.A., so all the stars are out in Hollywood um, type of event, and it's really more for the fans than anything else. I would love to see Aaron Judge take batting practice. I mean, this is the Mark McGuire of today's, um, to be quite honest with you, him and – and um, you know Pete Alonzo and and John uh, Carlos Stanton, those guys that hit the ball 500 feet almost every time they hit a home run. Be nice to watch him take BP um, and see how far he's hitting them. But a competition where the spotlight's right on you and you know you're being encouraged to hit the ball out further and further each time, that can certainly be a drawback. And he's putting the team first, I think, by by uh, deciding to not you know be a part of that event. Yeah, and that's, that's what it comes down to. I think he's doing the right thing by putting the team first. I think he could very well win a home run contest. 
but it, you know, th- there is going to be a situation where you just try to, you could mess up your swing. He's already doing great. He's doing fantastic. He's, he's actually on pace to beat uh, Roger Maris. And there was something that was said online that he's playing in a little league ballpark. Yes. Traditionally Yankee stadium has been a favorable bar park for left-handed hitters. And there is some places where you can hit the ball and get a home run, a cheap home run, so to speak. But I don't think that's the case with Aaron Judge. He 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 smashes the ball. They, those home runs that he gets would go out in most ballparks. He doesn't just, in most cases, just get the fence. He hits them. He hits them hard and far. So, I, I it'd be interesting to see if he gets Roger Maris. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had uh, anybody hit 60 home runs um, to my memory since, I know, let's see, 2006 or seven. I know Ryan Howard, I think, hit 58. That's the most we've seen since probably 2003. Yeah, I was going to say the last guy to hit 60, I want to say, was Sammy Sosa. I could be wrong on that. I think he hit 60, 64 in 63. 64, yeah. 60, yeah, 64, I think, but I think that was in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. So, so we're talking over 20 years back into the, um, to the, you know, hardcore steroid era. So, yeah, I, you know, you're talking a long time. And I think the, the league did the thing right when Sammy got the MVP and Mark McGuire had the record. I, I thought that was right because I thought Sammy was more, valuable to his team versus Mark that year when his team was way out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you're going back to 1998. Uh, the big thing that yeah. year, you're right. St. Louis was not a playoff team. The Cubs who had been the worst team in baseball in 97 um, made the playoffs in 98. And, you know, Sammy hit the, uh, he hit 66 home runs that year. That was, take the steroid stuff out of it. Take the, the PED stuff out of it. That was probably still in my mind, one of the most enjoyable summers to watch just because you kind of knew it was going to happen coming in and and going into that season. I remember this uh, like it was yesterday. Sammy Sosa wasn't the guy that everybody thought was going to be going after that record. It was really McGuire and and Griffey and Griffey had had two years in a row where he hit, uh, I think it was 56 homers in 97 and 96 uh, back to back. And so Griffey not being a, I don't want to say Griffey wasn't a power hitter, but he wasn't a he wasn't the the big bopper, you know, that Sammy Sosa ended up being. And Griffey had a great year in '98 by all counts, but Sammy Sosa, who had had some pretty solid seasons where he hit 40 home runs, kind of you know uh, up the ante there. And really, he, I think he really pushed Mark McGuire to be honest with you that season. Um, that was a really uh, really fun uh, back and forth, and you know, uh, I I, I remember very very vividly watching uh the night that mcguire hit uh, number 62 um and it wasn't the type of home run that you normally see him hit this one was one you could have you know hung your clothing on uh, <laughs> dry because it was yeah a line drive shot most of mcguire's home runs and he, honestly again taking this steroid stuff out of it of all the home run hitters i've ever seen i i think he was probably the most enjoyable just because kind of like you talked about with aaron judge he Mark McGuire typically didn't hit the ball that barely cleared the fence. He hit the ball that went, you know, 
150 feet beyond the fence and, you know, into the upper, he, he was hitting it into places that nobody else ever would have thought the ball would go kind of thing. So, um, and I'll tell you a, a little story in, in 2000, I happened to get tickets in Atlanta to go to uh, the home run derby. I just got into the all-star game. Just, you know, it's a great event. It's fun to watch. It's basically a glorified ex- exhibition game. So I thought, you know, it'd be awesome to go and, and watch the home run derby. I bought the tickets probably, I don't know, two months in advance. So a lot of things can happen in two months. McGuire ends up getting hurt. He's spending time on the injured list. He ends up not playing. And I never got a chance to watch him play in person, which, you know, pointing, I, I really wanted to see him be there. And that particular year, the final two players that were in it were Griffey, who had won the thing two or three times already, and Sammy Sosa. And he, he had a couple of home runs at dead center field at Turner Field, went over 500 feet. So – it was a really neat event to go to and, and to watch, obviously, that power on display. Finding out a few years later that it wasn't all legitimate was a little disappointing, but, uh, you know, it, that is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. That was part of what we, we watched, and, and, you know, we were all enamored by that kind of thing back 20-plus uh, years ago. So, But, yeah, Aaron Judge, I think, is probably making the right choice if he's trying to, to save his swing and, of course, help his team. Because, uh, of course, you know, the Yankees have been in a – World Series drought for the last 13 years. So, yeah, absolutely. He's doing the right thing. No sense risking your swing, your energy. Just enjoy the time and stay, stay, do what you're doing because you're getting home runs when it matters and the team is winning. And you're making a, a very, very good case for that contract you didn't take, which I thought was surprising. He didn't take it. But he's earning he's earning an opportunity to get an even better contract the way he's playing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I've been hearing a lot of talk about um, where he might end up after this season. I've heard about the Giants and possibly the Dodgers. Not not that the Dodgers need anybody else in their you know powerful lineup out there in L.A. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, a lot of times, you know, a guy could go for trying to have a big year and, and, you know, leverage the season and ends up, you know, flat on his face, or in this case, it might pay off in his favor as long as he can stay healthy and continue to push these numbers up, you know, the remainder of, uh, of the season. We're not quite to the halfway point or a little bit, a uh, little bit, I think we're 72 games into the season right now. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, certainly – a lot of things can happen. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. And, and for, you know, the Yankees, that's certainly going to be a, a huge thing. Because I will say this, every single pitcher in that rotation, in that bullpen for that matter, you know, they love those extra runs they're going to, um, you know, to have, uh, you know, backing them up there. And the interesting thing is, not necessarily in the Yankees' case, but, you know, the National League now has, for the first time in history, a permanent designated hitter and – Believe it or not, runs have been down, or at least up until a few weeks ago, runs have been down at an all-time or very close to all-time low. And I think as the summer has started to heat up, traditionally the baseball doesn't travel as good in the cooler temperatures. Now that we're starting to see you know, record heat in certain places, I think it's going to start to travel more. So that may very well help out some of these hitters as well. And uh, Aaron Judge may benefit a lot from that as well. Yeah, definitely. Future looks bright. I just hope he stays healthy. The Yankees keep winning, keep doing what he's doing, and you know, just uh, don't overdo it. Just let it come naturally, and, you, and the team and everybody's going to be fine. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we've got more Major League Baseball that we'll be uh, covering here over the next uh, several weeks. Of course, you know, we're a long ways from the end of the year. So every week we'll have, uh, you know, different things that are going on there. And as we approach the trade deadline, we'll talk uh, trade rumors. Uh, we'll talk about the draft uh, coming up here in the next couple weeks as well. So uh, certainly a good time on that end of things. Now, Alan, you got to do something this week that uh, certainly made me a little bit jealous, and I think a lot of others as well, as you were the very first customer, and I want you to go into this story here, you were the very first customer ever at uh, Pop Strokes there, and I believe that was in Orlando, the brand new facility they just opened there. Tell us uh, and our listening audience about that here tonight. Yeah, that was really, truly a, a blessing and unexpected blessing because you know, you gotta, you, you're right. It's in Orlando. I live in the Brandon area and it was Monday morning at nine o'clock, the grand opening. So I left at around six forty in the morning, hoping to be there by eight thirty. I was not expecting to be number one. I really was not. What I was thinking I was going to see at, when I got there was a line of people. It roped off. They have the balloons. They have a tent giving away some giveaways for the first maybe 100 people that showed up. You know how they have that little blow-up thing where the arms are flapping, stuff like that. Yep. I was expecting to see something like that. On my way to I-4, the traffic was just unbelievably crazy. So instead of me getting there at hopefully by 8.30, I saw the time on my map quest going up and up and up and driving you know, like a, a maniac, which I'm glad I didn't get caught, I was able to get there at 8.51 in the morning. And there was no way I was thinking I was going to be the first one there. I parked the car. It was one of the few times that I've ever went to a new place, even with directions, and not make a bad turn. I did everything perfect. I made, I turned in. I found the place where the, the, the front door was. You know, sometimes you can park on the wrong side of the building and get a little disoriented. I made every turn perfect. Parked at 8:51, grabbed my bag real quick, and walked in the front door. And there was no line. There was there was no balloons or anything. I was I was a little surprised myself. I was really surprised. I still didn't think I was the first customer. I walked in. They said, "Guess what? You're the very first customer ever at our location." And I was shocked. I was floored. I was really surprised. I came there to support. Tiger Woods, Pop Stroke. I came there to have a great time. I was actually thinking that there was a good possibility I was going to see Tiger. And the reason why I was thinking that was because he made the announcement about three, four weeks ago he was not playing the U.S. Open. So instead of being in Massachusetts that week, he had the week off. And mm-hmm. the grand opening of your business the place was in Orlando. He had season tickets in the past for the Magic. So it is a place that Tiger is very familiar with. You know, the area, I honestly thought he was going to show up. Maybe not at 9 o'clock in the morning, but at some point during the Grand Open, I thought he was going to be there. He was not, unfortunately. But I went ahead and had played. There's two to sort of listen to audience understand. There's two sides to the, to the pop stroke. It is a miniature golf course where you have 18 holes on the Tigers' red side, 18 holes on the Tigers' black side. The black side is the easier side, and the black side is wheelchair accessible. The whole course is designed by Tiger, so it's 
It's fun, challenging, but it's not that easy. On the eighth hole, I shot a hole in one. I was so happy about that. It was like I was having a great day, and I just feel as if the vibes were coming to me. Had a had met the whole staff, and I was just elated. And they took pictures of me for being the first customer. I was on cloud nine. I could not believe it. And it's it, that's an experience that I will never forget because no matter what happened to Pop Stroke, I was the very first customer there. And the interesting thing was when I started getting things ready to post on social media, my, my daughter said to me, my six-year-old daughter said to me, Alan, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be jealous of you because of it. <laughs> <laughs> she said this. I said, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not lying. What happened, happened. Like, I, I ate a hole in one, a hole number eight. I was the first customer there. This was the actual truth. I showed up at 851. There was a lot of people that was very happy for me, but there was a lot of jealousy and a lot of haters, too. On a, a golf network where there's over 200 members, I kind of got a lot of people happy, but I had a lot of jealous haters, too. I, had, I responded to every single comment, whether you were a hater or or complimentary. <laughs> I responded to every single comment. And it was it was kind of surprising and disappointing that you had so many haters because golf was supposed to be a gentleman's game. I didn't do anything wrong. I was showed up at 851. Let me ask you a question, Aaron. If you showed up to a grand opening that Tiger Woods is part owner of the business, the other part owner is the is the the person who you see the picture on. Greg or Tolly, but basically Greg and Tiger designed the course and the theme, and they're kind of like part owners. You have a heavy Tiger Woods influence throughout the whole course. Let me ask you a question. My question is, if you showed up at 851, the grand opening is at 9 o'clock, you're coming from Brandon all the way to Orlando, which is an hour and a half with no traffic, would you think you're, you were going to be the number one customer? No, no, I would have thought at that point, uh, and honestly, I would have probably 30, 30 to 45 minutes earlier than that, knowing that you're running in all this traffic, that you're going to be looking for a place to park across the street. So, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely, you had good plans and good intentions when you first started. It looked like it wasn't going to work out, and then it worked out better than probably you even thought it would uh, when you started off the day. That's exactly right. I, I, when I was going there, I wasn't being negative, but I was sitting in traffic, and I'm like, oh, let me at least make it by 9 o'clock so I can at least see the opening film, you know, what's going on at 9 o'clock, or at least hear the announcement. I was just hoping I would at least rush to make that on time. At 9 o'clock, I showed up at 8.51, and it turned out even better than I expected. There's no way I expected to be the number one customer. I thought, I thought the people that are jealous of me would be kind of happy, like, wow, you know, this thing could happen to you in life. You could have an experience that you didn't expect that work out even better by you not planning it that way. And it, that's what happened. And it worked out, you know, it was really, I look at it as a blessing from God that that happened. And, and it worked out. I, I'm so happy about that because no matter what, that's something that in life that no one can take away from you. To be the first person in the store of a grand opening is unbelievable. I did not camp out. I did not. Somebody... One of the golf members accused me. So how long did you camp out at tent out? I said, nope, I did not camp out. I did not tent out at all. I should have been 851 not thinking I was going to be number one. There's no way I was thinking I was going to be number one. 
but it worked out. It really did. And right after I, I paid my interest fee and, and worked out and, and um, was officially the first customer, not even five minutes later, the mass of people showed up. So I guess, I don't know what happened, why people didn't show up sooner. But the crazy thing is that we, I had applied to get a media pass because I was going to cover this event for them and probably showed up at 8.30. I got no response from anybody from Popstroke. So I didn't come in there with a media badge or anything because I wasn't even known if I was going to be even invited. You know, like they may have told me to ask me to leave. So I, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go like a regular customer, enjoy the day, support the event. And it worked out even better. And it really did. And it's unfortunate you had a lot of haters, a lot of jealous haters that were being very mean. I mean, I don't, I have thick skin so I could deal with it, but it was disappointing that you would see that you had people say, Oh, I've never seen a grown man be so excited to play mini putt. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Tiger Woods owns the place. And me and Tiger Woods, that's, that's one fact that a lot of our listening owners don't know. Me and Tiger Woods are the exact same age. I am two months, old, two months older than Tiger. We're the exact same age. And it said on his sign that the reason why I designed it is because him and his dad, who unfortunately passed, my dad passed away too, they used to play mini golf together and had so much fun. That was one of the motivation of him opening up his own mini golf. And it's, it's, it's a great time for you to go to Pop Stroke, whether you're an adult, whether you're female or male, whether you play golf good or you don't, the difference between pop stroke and top golf is in top golf, you actually have to be a pretty decent player to have fun. The reason why I say that is because if you're not making good, solid contact at top golf, you're not going to really have as much fun. Everybody seeing how bad you are in golf. You understand? It's fun <laughs> yep. drinking and having a good time, but at the same token, everybody's seeing how bad you are in golf on Pop stroke, you don't have to really be able to play that good at all as long as you can putt. And if, even if you're not the world's greatest putter, it really won't look like you're that bad at top golf, at pop, pop stroke. So it's a great place to go for your, you and your family. You want to have an event there. I plan on going back. I wasn't able because of the time of the day and how early I had to be there. And being there for the grand opening, I wasn't able to take the kids. I am definitely coming back. I am definitely going to bring the kids. Somebody else, you know, said, hey, it's too expensive. And I'm like, it's really not that expensive. It's not that bad. I mean, I spent, I dropped almost $200 because I had paid the interest fee. I had bought a, a food. I bought a bunch of merchandise. Most people are not going to do that. And I get that. You don't have to spend that type of money if you don't really want to. I wanted to. I was going to enjoy my day. I didn't. I came there to support. So what's $200 to have the memory that – that's exactly what I told someone. Money comes and goes. What's $200 to have the memory of that hole-in-one, being the first at the location? What's $200? That's nothing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I've wasted $200 even more than that and far less things than that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I would just have to say with the golf community, you always have to remember golf is a gentleman's game. Remember that before you start throwing out criticisms and insults and being mean-spirited, 
for for really no reason. One guy was like, well, that hole in one doesn't count. It wasn't a full course. And I'm like, well, I, let me explain that to, to the listening <laughs> audience. <laughs> I, look, it's like this. There's been two times, Aaron, that I've came within a foot of getting a hole in one. That's that's a complete honest truth. Alan's many things, but he's not a liar. Two times that I've came within a foot of being of getting a hole in one. It did not go in, so it was not a hole in one on a full course. I'm talking about. That was the first time I actually putted or stroke one stroke and it went in. Remember, the course is designed by Tiger Woods. It's not that easy. If you go there and you see for yourself, it's not that easy. And he designed it that way. It's fun, but it's not, you know, a piece of cake. So technically speaking, that was my first hole-in-one by getting it in. You know what I'm saying? I, I said that. Mm-hmm. This is my first hole-in-one. Yes, it's not on a full course. I know that eventually I will get one on a full course. I know my day is coming. My time is coming. I get it. But technically – it was my first hole in one. So I said that in the post and still haters you're like, Hey, it's not taking me a whole while. All right, fine. I'm going to get my own, my hole in one, a full course. Like you're making a bigger deal than it really is. Yeah. No. And also, you know, raining on someone's parade is it's just kind of childish in my opinion. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, and that's, that's not my style. I, I'm not, you know, and if people need to realize that, you know, when you're ready on someone's parade, it's really showing that you're not happy with yourself because there was a, somebody on a full course in this same group who hit a ball that rolled to the cup. And you know sometimes, Aaron, where the pin, because of the wind, pulls to one direction or the other. It's not straight in the, in the ground. It sometimes can lead forward. They basically hit the ball, it rolled, and it pinned against the stick and the hole. So it didn't technically go down, but... You and I know that you would count that as if, this, if there was a putt or chip, you would count that as going in because Give me, you can't yep. hold the flag. Can yeah, no, it's yeah, no, it's one hundred percent. I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, and they would they, they were saying that their golf people that were there were trying to say no, it doesn't count as a hole in one. You have to take another shot and oh, bunch of made-up rules, and I'm like, no, guy, that's a hole-in-one. Like, stop trying to hate on the guy because you're jealous. That's a hole-in-one. And he showed a picture of the ball being pinned against the, the pin. What do you want him to do, take the flag out before he hits the ball? Like, like, it's not his fault if the flag is – golf is hard enough. You cannot control the flag and try to hit a hole-in-one. You're going to tell the guy, okay, when the ball gets close, pull it out the flag? I mean, come on. Yeah, well, it doesn't make sense to do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of haters. But I resp- and there was a lot of positive comments, but there was some haters in there. So I will say this much: I'm going back to Pop Stroke. I feel like I'm part owner, like I said in that joke, because now this place got to be successful because a I was the first customer there, so it was a great there experience. You go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. A fantastic experience. I need to go back, and I will go back probably sometime next month in July when I get back from family vacation. I will go back there with the family, and we're going to have a great time again. And to that hater, I'll drop another $200 if it's or more if I need to, to have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah, what kind that's... of comments pop up after that happens too. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, you're my friend. At least you're jealous and you're not hating. Like, come on, man. It was just petty <laughs> stuff. I had to deal with petty comments like that. 
now I see where some of the some of the celebs how they feel when they have to deal with petty stuff, petty comments. Can't please everybody, I guess. Uh, it's probably the best way to look at that. So. <laughs> yeah, that was that was surprising, but props to Pop Stroke. I will be back, and I recommend everybody to go to Pop Stroke. It is a great time, great food, a lot of great things to do. Not just mini golf. There was a lot of games there, desserts. It was awesome, man. Tiger Woods, props to you. And I just hope now I definitely run into Tiger Woods because I got a lot to talk about when I run into Tiger. <laughs> I'll definitely have to definitely have to uh, check the place out. I know there's a couple of them around the state of Florida that I was just looking at. So the one in Orlando is uh, is the newest of the of the ones. I believe there's also now one down in I want to say Sarasota, maybe Fort Myers. So. They are right. spread out across the state. There's four or five of them all together. So, really cool idea. I'm glad that uh, glad that you got to enjoy that uh, here uh, earlier in the week, and definitely a really cool cool thing to be able to brag about. I mean, this is something you'll be able to talk about for quite a long time. So, definitely very yeah. unique there. And 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 for those people who were hating in fall of 2022 this year, they're supposed to be opening up one in Tampa, and it's a beautiful place. I'm not sure the one in Tampa's location, but if you check our Facebook page, you will see the Orlando location. The one that you could be the number one customer in the Tampa location. Uh, you know, I've experienced it. I'm not going to be purposely the first one there that in Tampa. I'll let you know that much. I'll let somebody else have that honor and dignity. But I will be there at the grand opening. I will say that much. I will be there. So if you're not there before 851, I might walk in there and be number one again. <laughs> that would be pretty cool to be the n- number one twice there. That'd be really neat to uh, be able to make that uh, have that bragging right a second time uh, as well. So, <laughs> wow, yep. But yeah. Well, so... what have we got going on in the boxing world? I know uh, you put in here some some boxing news here this evening. What's going on there this weekend? Yes, there's a there's a couple things. You have the Joe Smith and Benitez fight, and you have that fight. And I think Joe Smith is going to do his thing and win that fight and defend his title. One thing that I did also want to mention is they have the rematch clause between Haney as well as George Cambosis. So that fight that George Cambosis did lose by a landslide, he will get a chance to rematch. It's going to be a tough sell, I think, as far as people paying to go to the fight and as far as I think he'll get a big following George Cambosis because it's going to be in Australia. So you have people who will definitely support him. But I think here in the States, I just think it's going to be a hard sell for people to have to be really, really interested in the fight. I see Haney winning the fight again. I think it's going to be more of the same. I would say George has maybe a 5 to 10% chance of winning a, the second fight. I just see George taking more risk to kind of push the action to try to get to Haney. But if this is a boxing match and it's not a brawling match, I see Haney winning again. I'm really surprised that uh, George is so adamant about doing the rematch, but he does have the rematch clause, and it was part of the agreement of the first fight. So I give him credit for at least having that in there, and they're going to honor that have a rematch. I just want to say that I, for one, am going to watch the fight because I'm a boxing fan and 
but I just think it's going to be a tough sell to really, really market and sell the fight. Very good point there. Very good point. Uh, well, this has been a great show here tonight. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, we talked about you know, right off the bat, uh, you know, the finals in the NBA, NHL, Stanley Cup finals. Major League Baseball is continuing to go. We're going to have a lot more of that to talk about over the next uh, couple of months. And before too much longer, Alan, uh, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is NFL training camp. We'll have a lot of stuff to get to as um, as we're only just about, uh, what, about eight weeks or so away from that uh, beginning. Um, so looking forward to yet more sports news to talk about as uh, not only the NFL starts to heat up, but We'll also have college football that will be coming back as well. So anything else you care to add here tonight? Yeah, definitely I wanted to congratulate again James Tony for making it to the Hall of Fame. You know, we definitely being inducted last week, and I want to congratulate him again. And definitely, you know, I did say that I apologize for not being able to make the fight, uh, make the induction. I did promise him I was going to due to conflicting family schedule. I unfortunately could not make the trip. But it definitely congratulations, James. Lights out, Tony, for doing his thing. It was a. I saw a lot of the pictures. I followed it. It was a great celebration because I didn't even know this. I was going to go there just for James to support James Tony. But coincidentally, Aaron, they did not have the the celebration for the last three years due to COVID. So not only would you have seen James Tony and a, some a lot of great guys, you would have seen saw Floyd Mayweather who was inducted the year before and the year mm-hmm. before that you would have seen the inductees for that year because they held it back because of COVID. So you'd had a, a three induction for one special if you would have went. So I'm like, Oh yeah. man, wow. I would have got a chance to see not just one class. I would have saw three classes, but that's, I, I did not know that until later in the week until during the ceremony. I was like, I, I was like, but why, I was scratching my head. I was perplexed. I was like, Floyd got inducted last year. He was in 2021's class. Why are they having him make a speech now? And then there was another class that was making a speech in 2020. I was like, he was inducted two years ago. Why are you letting him make the speech now? And then I realized, and then I did some more research, that they did not have it for three years because of COVID. So – just lo and behold, you would have saw three classes of Floyd Mayweather. You would have saw James Tony. You would have saw, you know, a lot of great, great talent. You know, Andre Ward, guys who have in, it. So you would have saw a lot of basically some of the best of the best in the last three years that was inducted. Hall of Famers. Three classes at once. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you potentially could have had that, and then also, uh, you know, been the number one guy at uh, Popstroke at the same time. So <laughs> you're you're, a, you're you're apparently in all the right places at all the right times. That's uh, pretty cool to to be able to brag about that, have that uh, bragging right going forward. So <laughs> yeah, definitely, that's, that's really cool. I mean, hey, you know, it's just sometimes in life, you know, the Lord bless you with times that you you don't expect. But the main thing is you can't let the negative thoughts in your mind or you hear influence you. Throughout the time I was in traffic, I was like, man, this is kind of – this is not good. Man, I should turn around. I was like, no, I'm not turning around. I'm going. I'm going to make sure I go. Because you see the time going up. 
your estimated time is 8.44. Your estimated time is 8.46. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man. And I started driving crazy, and I made it 8.51. I could not believe I was the first one ever. Definitely a cool thing to, to be able to talk about again. And that's something that, again, like you said before, they'll never be able to take away. So, well, Alan, it's been a great show here tonight. I want to thank, uh, of course, Lou at the top of the show for coming on and uh, going over the uh, NBA and NHL finals with us. Uh, it was certainly good to hear uh, his, uh, you know, his take there. And I certainly want to encourage our listeners out there to support his show on, uh, on Saturdays uh, from 5 to 7 Eastern time. Uh, definitely give uh, the Enhanced Sports Show a listen. And if you have a chance, give him a call as well. And again, I want to thank our excellent sponsor, Chef G, and his uh, excellent barbecue sauce. As I mentioned before, we love that. Uh, it's great stuff. Uh, definitely, we'll we'll keep some uh, keep some uh, posts up about him on our page. So if you want to order some of his uh, barbecue sauce, you're able to do that. Uh, for uh, for Lou and for Alan here tonight, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan Aaron Sports Talk podcast. and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.